That is Adam, the crucified life. And uh, tonight we're just going to be laying a foundation. I don't know how many weeks we're going to be in this subject matter, but uh, usually the Lord leads us to um, go for a, a number of weeks when we're teaching on something. So uh, the Lord just kind of laid on my heart that tonight is foundation laying time, and we're going to take our time tonight and do that with the ministry, the help of the Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you tonight. For the mighty Holy Spirit. Uh, we're dependent upon you Holy Spirit tonight. To begin to open our spiritual eyes and open our spiritual ears. We open up our hearts to you. That a divine seed would be sown for God's kingdom glory. Pray tonight, Lord God, that bondages would be broken, chains would be broken. Everything that's not like God would be kicked out and cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we'll give you all the glory, all the praise, and all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God is saying that somebody needs to experience his rest tonight. Somebody needs God's rest and haven't been really receiving rest. And God says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And saying you'll find rest for your weary soul. Just stretch forth your hands tonight. And just receive his rest. Father, we just receive your covenant rest tonight. Lay everything at your feet tonight. All that burdens and all that concerns us, oh God. We approach your divine throne even as you commanded us to do. And we leave those burdens those concerns, those troubles, those challenges. We leave them at your throne tonight and we enter into your divine rest by faith in Christ Jesus and we receive your ministry tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Just receive his rest tonight. Just let it go. You can't change anything anyway. The only one who can change it is God. Amen? Amen. The crucified life dying to all that is Adam. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is where I want to get started. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 22. For as in Adam all die. For as in Adam all die. Let that sink in tonight. In Adam 
all are eternally separated from God. That's what God wants us to understand tonight. In Adam, all are eternally separated from God. In Adam, all are in this life connected to Adam's curse. Except those who have been born again. So that's part of the foundation that God wants to lay tonight, that he wants us to recognize, understand, and get a revelation of that in Adam there is no life. There is only death. It may look like life, But it is only death, God says. Because Adam and everything in him is connected to Adam's curse. Amen. The Bible goes on to say, Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. In Christ shall all be made alive. That's why sometimes when I'm preaching, God will motivate me to say to the people, we're no longer in Adam. But we as believers in Christ Jesus, we are in Christ. How many of y'all are in Christ tonight? I'm preaching to the right people. So, because I'm in Christ, I have access now to divine life. Now, this is not in my notes, but I do want to go for just a second. the book of Galatians. A lot of times things are not in my notes, but I'll have to be obedient to God to go there. Galatians 1 and 15. Paul says, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. For what reason, Paul? He says here in verse 16, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Then he says, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Paul said, God called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, not to reveal the Adam in me, but to reveal his son in me. Wanting us to understand and recognize that it's all about Jesus. 
And it's all about my connection with him through the new covenant. That's all that matters to God. God is not interested in any relationship that I had with Adam. Because God is not interested in death. God is only interested in life found through his son, Jesus Christ. It's all he's interested in. All other things are obsolete in the mind of the Almighty God. All other things are low-living and death and curse and things that separate us from God and God's best. So Paul said, God called me to, to reveal His Son in me. He didn't call me to preach Adam, but he called me to preach Christ and him crucified. Amen. So that is what God wants to do during these next couple of weeks as we enter into this study. He wants us to begin to recognize how dangerous it is to focus on Adam. For the believer. How foolish it is to focus on a dead man. And all that baggage that he carries. Particularly when he has delivered us and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Divine revelation of this is what God wants his church to begin to walk in, in this hour. Because we are people who have been raised up and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. And we got to get radical about this if we're going to experience what God wants us to experience in our generation in this season. Paul said one time, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He died for me and gave himself for me. That is the mindset that God wants his church to begin to walk in and embrace in this season. Because we are a supernatural people. We are chosen generation. We are those who have been bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed us and positioned us for God's very best in this hour. But we must be radical in our understanding of these principles and not let any religious devil take it away from us. Through unbelief and lies from hell. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Very familiar scripture, but the child of God must begin to get a revelation of it. 
Paul says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Some translations say he is a new creation. In Christ, the Bible says you are a new creation or a new creature. You have been made alive. You're no longer connected to death, but you have been made alive. You are no longer a prisoner of Adam's curse. My God, I thought I'd get a better reaction than that. You're no longer a prisoner to the curse that Adam initiated through his rebellion. God sees you free. You must see yourself free. God calls you free. You must call yourself free. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's where the power is released. When we say so, when we speak the word of God, Concerning that which is ours through inheritance. Somebody say, no more crumbs. Say it like you mean it. No more crumbs. No more living beneath our privileges. As we begin to get this revelation. Verse 17 in full. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, or look, pay attention. All things have become new. And all things, verse 18, all things are of God who had reconciled us to himself. Thank you, Jesus. I see myself tonight reconciled. I see myself reconciled to the most powerful being in the universe. I see myself seated with Jesus Christ at the right hand of God. The Father loves me and he'll love me forever. I'll never be rejected. Hallelujah. Because the blood of Jesus is eternal and will never lose its power. Adam is in the rearview mirror. The Bible says all things are of God. This is God's idea. Everything I'm preaching tonight is God's idea. This is all God. Nobody had to talk God into this. This was his plan before the foundation of the world. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost got together and decided we're going to create a man. He's going to fall, but we'll redeem him by the blood of the Son of God. Hallelujah. There'll be a turning connected to me, severed from Adam forever, but alive in Christ. All of this was accomplished by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, 
I know all these things. I've heard all these things before. But are they revelation? In the midnight hour, do you believe these things? When everything is going the opposite of what the Word says, do you still believe these things? When pain is racking your body, Do you still believe the promise by his stripes I'm healed? Do you believe that the curse has no power over you? That no weapon formed against you will ever prosper? Because I'm no longer connected to the curse. I'm no longer connected to Adam. I'm connected to Jesus Christ. And I understand his crucifixion. That when he went into the grave, hallelujah, God saw me go into the grave also. And when he raised him from the dead, hallelujah, God saw me raised with him, hallelujah. We're new creatures. Old things have passed away. All that connection I had with Adam Is the thing of the past. And anybody who tries to remind me of who I was before I was, I was in Christ, I turn a deaf ear to them. Paul said, I don't even know what you're talking about when you bring up my past. That man died on the road to Damascus. You need to remember your road to Damascus. That day you gave your life to Jesus Christ. That was real. It was recorded in heaven. That God remembers it. God wants you to remember it. And he wants you to forget about Adam. And embrace Christ. I'm really being harsh on Adam tonight. On purpose. On purpose, I'm being harsh on him because we need to be harsh on him. Say, why? Well, Adam was a failure, number one. I told you I was going to be harsh on him. He was a failure. Adam was Esau before there was an Esau. That's another preaching right there. See, he gave away his birthright to the devil. Remember that? And he bankrupted himself and his children. Adam was a rebel. He was Israel in the wilderness before there was a wilderness. preaching to somebody. He rebelled against a God that had shown him only love and kindness. Who lavished him with luxury. Think about it. He gave him the whole earth. Lavished him with luxury. 
gave him total dominion over all that God's hands had created. Adam was selfish. He did not care that his sin would break God's heart. He did not care that God would not have the pleasure of walking with him in the cool of the day. He didn't care about that. How many of y'all know that was precious to God? That time that he would spend with, with his man walking in the cool of the day. Adam didn't care nothing about that. None of that was important to him on that day that he turned his back on God. And believers, listen to me now, should never want to identify with him ever again. in Christ. No longer in Adam. That has to be my understanding. That has to be my mindset if I'm going to walk in the victory that God wants me to walk in. have to begin to renew my mind that I am a new creation. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 is rich in divine revelation. And we're going to ask the Holy Ghost to give us some understanding tonight. Romans chapter 5 is one of those chapters where you ought to begin to read it on your knees. You know what I mean? It's just so rich in terms of God speaking to us concerning redemption and what he has done for us. Start at verse 8, 5 and 8. But God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God cannot help himself. He is a God of love. But he's also a God of justice. Somebody had to die because of Adam's transgression. Somebody had to pay the price to redeem us. Because God is a just God. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. I love to preach on those things. But he's also a God of justice. So someone had to pay the price, and that someone 
was God himself. Let's look at verse 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So the Bible says we've been justified by his blood, by the blood of Jesus. So what Adam created in terms of the separation that mankind had from God because of sin, Jesus Christ saved us from the anger of God. We are no longer enemies of God. God is no longer angry with us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we're, we're, we're now justified by his blood. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I, I, I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm in Christ and no longer in Adam because of the blood of Jesus. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. See where Adam put us? Adam put mankind in a position where mankind was an enemy of God. That's how God viewed us. That's how God views every person who has not been born again. That's his enemy. He loves them. But like he tells us, love your enemies, right? But that's just the truth. Every person in Adam is an enemy of God. That's why I don't want to have nothing to do with Adam. Because I don't want to be considered an enemy of God. If then, verse 10 again, if then, for if when we were enemies, we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, somebody say much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Saved by the precious life of Jesus Christ. From Adam's curse, from sickness and disease, from poverty, from spiritual death, from all of those elements that came forth because of Adam's transgressions. We have been saved and delivered from those things when we recognize that we're no longer in Adam. But if I allow my carnal thinking and my carnal mind to be persuaded otherwise, even though I'm set free, I will remain captive to those elements that I have been freed from forever by Jesus Christ. When the devil whispers in my ear, Sickness and disease is your portion. I must tell him it is no longer my portion because I'm no longer in the kingdom of darkness. 
I have been translated out of that kingdom into the kingdom of God's dear son. When I do that, when I submit myself to the word of God, Satan, the Bible says, must flee, has no choice. Scripture says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. I resist him with the truth. He must flee. He won't hang around long when you understand these things. When you begin to recognize that you are no longer a prisoner, but have been made free by the blood of Jesus, Satan will not hang around much longer. He just can't. Verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Oh, I love it. By whom we have now, somebody say now. We have now received the atonement. Jesus Christ has resolved all conflict between God and man. He has atoned for Adam's transgression. For those who have accepted him as Lord and Savior. I love Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for me, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith. Supernatural. Eternal. Glorious freedom found in Christ Jesus. Those who have renewed their minds to the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth that you know, it'll make you free. Not 99% of the time, but 100% of the time. We've been settling for less. I say we've been settling for less. That same anointing that's on me right now, <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, I know it's true because that it, it, it turns me into another man. Transforms me into another person. So I know that that power is true, but I just don't want to have it when I'm on stage preaching to God. I want to walk in it. I want to live in it. I want to wake up in the morning when my feet hit the floor. I want to have it. I want to experience it. I want the joy of the Lord to be my strength. On a moment, by moment basis. And not just on Sunday morning, not just on a Wednesday night. But every day, all through the day. David said, I want to know the presence of God all the time. That's possible. Somebody say, he did it all. Jesus did it all. Hallelujah. That's why we worship him. Verse 12. Wherefore, 
has by one man sin entered the world. That's talking about Adam. And death by sin. See the connection? Adam sinned. Death became, it manifested then in the earth. There was no death in the earth before Adam sinned. Sin brought death. And the Bible says, so death passed upon all men for, all, for that all have sinned. So Adam passed death to all men. That's why I don't want Adam. That's why I'm radically opposed to him. That's why I will not preach him. I will preach Christ only. I won't preach my connection to to sin, but I'll preach my freedom in Christ. I'll keep my mind focused on what Jesus has done. And when I do that, I can expect to experience God on the level of redemption grace and redemption power. Jesus said it this way. He said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works shall you do, because I'm enthroned at the, at the right hand of my Father. Greater works shall my church do. Why? Because they're no longer ordinary. See, God knows what he's done for us. He knows what, what, what the cross has accomplished. God knows what he did. Jesus knows what he did. But the church, the body of Christ, must begin to think like the head of the church. Thinks. And then we will walk in the power that is our inheritance. Glory to God. Now, verses 13 and 14, I'm not going to go into those because I don't have time tonight, but in your Bible study, meditate on verses 13 and 14. That's, that's at least a two-week Bible study right there. Let's jump down to verse 15. But not has the offense... The offense was Adam's sin. So also is the free gift. Yeah, it's free for us, but it costs God everything, right? Redemption is free to us, but it costs God his son. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. So death passed to everybody who was connected to Adam. All of his offspring. Much more, the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, hallelujah, Jesus Christ, had abounded unto many. Now, focus on grace for a minute. Because grace is it's a touchy subject to a lot of believers. But for me, 
it is everything. Because it's by grace and grace alone that I enter into these powerful and precious promises. I don't deserve any of this. You don't deserve any of this. We get this simply by the grace of God. So we want to always focus on it because without the blood, these things are not possible. These powerful, powerful revelations that God gives us is all because of the goodness of God. Not because we have earned anything. So stop trying to earn it. I say stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to be good enough because you never will be. You'll get it by grace and by grace alone. Ephesians chapter 1, let's go there right quick. Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, According to what? The good pleasure of his will. All of these things were because of God's good pleasure. He wanted to do these things. For us. For you. For me. To the praise of the glory of his grace. (laughs) Wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. Oh, I love that kind of preaching. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because... It wipes away all condemnation. The devil tries to condemn me, I just go straight there. I've been made accepted in the beloved. That's how powerful redemption is. Verse 7. In whom, or in Christ, we have redemption. Not going to be redeemed, I am redeemed. Through his blood, The forgiveness of sins according to the, what? The riches of his grace. (laughs) I'm not going to limit God. I say, I'm not going to limit God. He says he he wants to abound toward me his riches of grace. I'm going to receive it. If he offers it, I ought to receive it. Verse 8, wherein he had abounded toward us that grace in our wisdom and prudence. That word prudence means understanding. So God knows what he's doing. He knows why he did it. He just wants us to accept what he's done and what he's given to us through his son. Somebody say amazing grace. Now, let's go back to Romans and we'll get ready to close tonight. Like I said, we're just laying a foundation tonight. But I'm going to be reading a couple of verses out of the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. Chapter 5, verse 16. And it says here in verse 16, And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one of that one man's sin. I'm going to read that again. 
and the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin or Adam's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to, uh, to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins. That's good news. <laughs> Verse 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Scripture says I can live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Somebody say, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's all you have to do. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Fall in love with him. Desire him. Desire his presence. And sin will become distasteful to you. I don't have to do a whole lot of preaching on sin to Christians. All I have to do is preach Jesus. I just have to preach the lovely, the lovely Jesus. Him and him crucified. And sin will become distasteful. Adam will become distasteful. Because you fell in love with the one who redeemed. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your divine mercy tonight. We thank you for your divine love tonight found in your son. We thank you, Lord, for the redemption and the new identity that we have in Christ Jesus. We pray, Father God, that these weeks following, as you continue to speak to us along these lines, that through divine revelation of the Holy Spirit, we will begin to recognize all that Christ Jesus has done for us in the cross, in his burial, and in his resurrection. Begin to minister to your people on these levels, Lord, that we might walk free of sickness. We will walk free of poverty. We will walk free of fear. We will walk free of every chain of bondage as we focus on the land. We pray this in the matchless, mighty name of Jesus Christ.
And we give you all the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We give him praise tonight. God, we give you praise tonight. We thank you tonight. In Jesus' name.